Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Lately on the program, we've been focusing on specific issues impacting businesses and organizations all around the world by the spread of the virus. And in addition to touching on the stories and events that are always happening in these countries, we're also very fortunate to have the chance to bring our local ELA lawyers into the conversation. These folks are practicing on the ground in these local jurisdictions, and they're helping clients every day move through these difficult times. Recently, our members in Latin America published an excellent resource, COVID-19 FAQ for all of Latin America. And in today's program, we have the opportunity to bring together a group of our Latin American members from the Mercosur region, that's Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Venezuela, all of which contributed to the COVID publication from LATAM and have joined us to share their collective knowledge with our listeners on this critically important topic. Now, for our listening audience, please bear with us regarding some sound quality, as many of our guests are working from home remotely and are reaching out to us by cell phone. So now let's welcome our guest panelists, John Tucker from Lega Law in Venezuela. John, how are you? Hi, Pete. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Enrique Stile from Marvel O'Farrell and Marial in Argentina. Hello, Enrique. Hello, Pete. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Rodrigo Fernandez from Voga Abogados in Paraguay. Rodrigo. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Enrique Radmilovich from Who's He Who's in Uruguay. Hello, Pete. How are you? And lastly, Renato Canazeres in Brazil from our firm there in Demarest. How are you, Renato? I'm fine, Pete. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for being able to talk about Brazil for everybody. So let's talk a little bit about the specific questions we raised in the COVID-19 FAQ. So let me ask you, what happens if employees in the workplace are confirmed to be positive for COVID-19? What actions can employers take, and what kind of legal frameworks applied there? John, I'd like to go to you first. What's the status on this issue in Venezuela? There hasn't been much change to the legal framework for when an employee becomes sick. Employees, when they become sick, and if they unfortunately are a result uh, affected by this disease, they will basically be treated as any other sick employee. In other words, they should be sent home and their employment is suspended. That is the word that's used by our labor law, the suspension of the employment contract for the time that they remain on sick leave. Let's go to Enrique Stile in Argentina. Enrique, what's the status down there with this issue? Well, nowadays, there is a mandatory quarantine. So only specific activities could work, essential services. The rest of the people are working from office. That is allowed. It's perfect. If, however, any employees under a positive test COVID, then there are many things to do. Last week, this was considered an illness related to work. So the first thing you have to do is to report it to the work risk insurer. It's not an, an illness not related to work, but it's considered now an illness related to work. It's something strange, but uh, that is a, a very important difference. So the first thing will be to report this to the insurance so that the insurance will cover it. Secondly, of course, you have to send the employee on mandatory quarantine and send all the group of people who were working in that area or in that floor or in that or were in contact with her or with him on a mandatory quarantine and also, if possible, under a test to confirm if they, are, if they have the, the virus or not. Of course, then there are some protocols of cleaning the area and 
special things and well and it is mandatory to use masks to use gloves to use alcohol that there are mandatory protocols that companies must follow but yes there are not many cases and the cases that are most of them are people who came from abroad rodrigo what's the situation in paraguay well if an employee tested positive in Paraguay, the first measure is he will be entitled to a sick leave of 14 days, and that sick leave is paid by the social security. And what the employer must do is to track down who are the other employees that were in contact with this infected employee. And the employer must grant these employees a 14 days of isolation period. That's mandatory. And depending on the size of the business, that might mean closing the business. Enrique Radmilovic, what's the situation in your country? Well, here in Uruguay, you must bear in mind something very important, that the government, one of the first the solution when all this problem arised, is that people that have COVID, people that have symptoms of the disease, or people that have been in contact with someone that has COVID or people that have come or returned from high-risk zones, they should isolate themselves, they should quarantine, and they should do that for at least 14 days. So if you're working and you belong to one of those groups I've mentioned before, you should leave the work, go home, stay there for at least 14 days and see what happens. That's a general rule that applies for all the population in our country, in Uruguay. And obviously, all the workers are affected by that mandatory rule. Besides that, the government issued another resolution that states certain steps that employers should take in order to treat or how to work in case someone is positive for COVID-19. Mainly... The resolution from the government, what it states is that the companies should issue a protocol that should contain some minimal requirement. The first requirement has to do with state a mechanism of action in case an employee appears with symptoms of the disease. The second main mechanism has to do with the procedure that should be followed in case that happens. That should be agreed by the company with the medical provider of the company of the employees. And in order to seek which are the rapid and effective measures that should be adopted in case someone has COVID-19 or someone has the symptoms of the COVID-19. So mainly you have that mandatory resolution that affects all the population And then you have something that affects the companies that, I repeat, should follow certain protocols. And those protocols should be agreed with a health provider in order to know what to do in case someone has the COVID. And finally, Renato, fill us in on what's going on in your country. Yeah, well, in fact, in Brazil, we have a federal law that was enacted in February, uh, which is the first law talking about the coronavirus crisis. So it basically said that whenever you have an employee 
who's positive for COVID, for coronavirus, this person must be isolated. Either if the person is confirmed to be positive or if there is a suspicious of contamination. And in this case, if there is a medical certificate stating that the person cannot work, it will be treated as any sick leave. So consequently, in Brazil, whenever you have a sick leave, the company has to pay for the first 15 days of work. What is important for everybody to know is that recently the government has enacted a new rule stating that the companies may deduct these first 15 days of salary from the amount they have to pay of social security to the government. So at the end of the day, the government will pay for it. John, back to you in Venezuela. What about employers that are wanting to use vacation time? Are they able to do that? No. Employers cannot ask employees to use their vacation time. Only employees can ask for their vacation time accordingly and with the sole purpose of actually taking a vacation leave to try to relax and and try to take their mind off work. If they do, it is possible for employers and employees to reach an agreement about vacation. However, there is a risk in regards to that where it could be possible that the employee could say, listen, I was not going to take my vacation. You asked me to take my vacation because of this situation, and I would like to take my vacation again. And, and it could be possible for a court to say, yeah, that's correct. This was not a time to ask for a vacation. And it could say that the employee is entitled to that vacation time to take accordingly. There is another option, though, uh, provided by the law, and it's that employers can take collective vacation leaves. So basically, the employer can say, you know what, we are closing down for one, two weeks, and everybody's going to take vacation leave. So that is a possibility that is afforded by our law, where employers could possibly make that arrangement. Enrique, back to you in Argentina. Can vacation time be used there as well? That is a very good question. And at the beginning, when there was not this mandatory content, many restaurants, for example, or many hotels were trying to advance the the vacations because they were seeing this kind of situation coming. But then the government enacted a specific regulation saying that this is not possible because there are two different institutes. When you're on quarantine, you're on quarantine and you collect your salary. That is something important. Employees must collect full salary during this time. And... This cannot be compensated with vacation because, in theory, the vacation have the the aim of enjoying, of relaxing, and now, under country, you cannot go out of your home. So there is a specific rule that was enacted two weeks ago saying that you cannot compensate quarantine or take quarantine during, um, take vacation during quarantine period. Rodrigo, is this possible in Paraguay? Well, they can. That's possible. Of course, and the government has been encouraging the granting of vacations in these days uh, in two ways. One is lifting the mandatory pre-notice of 15 days that normally the employer must grant or give to the employees before the vacations. That is now lifted, so the vacations can be notified one day in advance. And the second is the government has been encouraging the granting of anticipated vacations. I mean, that is not mandatory. You need uh, the employer and the employee to agree on that. It's been used because the second alternative would be unpaid suspension. So many employers and many employees in Paraguay are agreeing on, on anticipated vacations. Of course, that doesn't apply to employees who are on a sick leave or are undergoing mandatory isolation. Enrique, is this the same in Uruguay or no? 
Well, it depends because although we do not have a mandatory stay-at-home order, some activities of our economy are now shut down due to the decisions of the government. For example, malls, hotels, casinos, there are certain activities that cannot be developed. So employers and employees do not have the chance to develop their activities. Regarding the possibility for the employees to take a vacation, for example, yes, it is possible, but the vacations should be agreed with the employer. This is, employers cannot oblige the employee to take vacation, okay? That's something that should be agreed. Something that the government decided regarding all these problematic we are suffering today is the possibility for the employees to enjoy the vacation they should have enjoyed in 2021 to enjoy it in advance this year. So if the company and the employee are agreed to advance the vacation that should be enjoyed in 2021 to enjoy it today in 2020, it is okay. You could do that. And that's something that many companies have done in order to avoid either dismissing the employee or sending the employee to unemployment insurance. That's a mechanism we have in our country that allows employers to suspend the labor relation, send the employee to unemployment insurance, and during that time, the employee will receive a subsidy from the government and the employer should not be obliged to pay the salary. So, Renato, what's the status in Brazil? Does it happen there or not? It is. In fact, it is one of the first alternatives that was adopted by companies here in Brazil because we were talking about the first law that was enacted on the coronavirus. And after that, we had a provisional measure here in Brazil, which is an act from the president, kind of making it easier for employers to implement some measures. And one of them was the vacation concession. So before all this crisis, the concession of vacations in Brazil depended on a 30 days previous notice to the employees. And this previous notice period was changed to 40 hours. So employers could put the employees on vacations faster and isolate them and contribute with the social isolation. So yes, it may be done. And another very important point regarding vacations is that as the government was already foreseeing that companies would have a problem with cash flow, during this period, it was stated that additional allowances that are due whenever employees leave on vacations may be paid, not now, but up to December. So companies will have time to reinstate its cash flow once their activities come back to normal, and then they may pay these additional allowances up to December. So what about the issues of suspending employees? Can employers suspend employees without pay or does it have to come with full salary or some portion of salary? John, how are companies handling this in Venezuela? Yeah, in these cases, when an employee becomes sick, whether he becomes sick because of a work accident or because of any other type of injury or disease, they will be entitled to an indemnity, which is normally covered by the Social Security Institute in Venezuela. 
In those cases, normally the employee will be entitled to a 66% of their normal salary, which they have recorded with the institute. And then the employer has to pay another 33.33% of the employee's salary. Although it's not actually considered salary, it's more considered as an indemnity rather than a salary. Let me pose the question to you, Enrique. What's the situation with respect to this in Argentina? Well, that's a, an excellent question. Before March 31st, this for sure was one of the most relevant situations to invoke force majeure. Nobody was expecting something like this. There are very isolated force majeures in our legislation. Maybe if you have a factory and it turns fire or if something that you cannot prevent, this is one of the cases of force majeure. And that situation allowed the employees to suspend employees without pay during 75 days. Because before March 31st, everybody was, was doing that. Uh, the government enacted a regulation forbidding for a period of six months the suspension without pay. So if you want to suspend employees now, you must agree with the union. And the unions are accepting this. The unions are now very proactive in trying to keep the employment positions. So they are agreeing with the employer's suspensions with the payment of a portion of the salary, which could be a 50% or 75%. And in addition to that, that portion of the salary going through a special process is not considered remuneration. So the employer is also saving social security withholding and, and contributions and payroll taxes. And this, what we call non-remunerative allowance during the suspension period also does not accrue for severance, vacations, salaries. So it's a, a way of helping employers to reduce the cost and also having the persons and the people with some kind of salary. And they also have a benefit because they are not suffering withholdings. So at the end of the day, it's a, it's a solution that you have to negotiate with the union, go through a process in the labor market. There are different industries. The hotel industry, for sure, is very bad nowadays, very bad affected, the same as the airlines, the companies related to shows, the companies related to the cinemas. All that companies have more arguments for a stronger suspension. Also, the oil and gas industry nowadays is suffering a lot. So they are, we are working last, yesterday, they executed an agreement with a very high reduction. And um, where also this was a non-remunerative allowance, it's good for the employers, good for the employees, and also a commitment of not dismissing employees during that period of time. So suspensions are really um, in what we are, everybody working and everybody asking and trying to do. And also because at that time, on March 31st, dismissals were forbidden for a period of six months. Rodrigo, is this possible in Paraguay? Yeah, it is possible. I know in, in other countries in, in South America, it's not possible nowadays, or it's very difficult. In Paraguay, it is possible. The Ministry of Labor has issued a new regulation on the matter to make it a bit more complicated for employers. That's still possible. And the grounds are regular grounds under the labor code, including financial difficulties or force majeure. And the process starts with a notification to employees, then to the ministry, it under, the ministry may, may hear the employees, and there is a final resolution granting or denying a suspension. If the suspension is going to be with full payment or with agreement of all affected employees, that's a fast-track authorization. If not, it undergoes this process. And Enrique Ramilovich, in your country. 
Yes, it's a, it's a very big advantage we have here in Uruguay in respect with other countries in Latin America, because not all the countries have that possibility to suspend the relationship and send the employee to unemployment insurance. Not all the countries have that possibility, so the only possibility companies have is to dismiss the employee, okay? To terminate the labor relationship and, well, and pay the severance payment. In our country, we can send an employee to the unemployment insurance for a maximum term of four months. The relationship will be suspended, and during that time, the employee will receive a subsidy from the government. The subsidy, more or less, roughly talking, it's about 50% of the salary the employee receives from the employer. Another advantage of that is that the employer is not obliged to pay the difference between what the employee will receive from the government and the salary it paid to the employee. So during four months, the company doesn't have to make any payment to the employee. Renato, I'm going to wrap up with you on this question. Brazil? Well, that's a very good question, Pete, because in fact, I was talking about the first provisional measure that was enacted by the government, and we had a second one, which is the provisional measure 936 from April 1st, that stated that employers could not only suspend the employees' agreements without payment, depending on their income in 2019, but could also reduce salaries with the proportional reduction of working schedules. So you've asked about suspension. So let me tell you how it works. The rule that was implemented is that if the companies in 2019 had less than 4.8 million reais in income, that's around today, around $1 million of income here in Brazil, they could suspend the agreements, the employment agreements through an individual agreement held with the employees or a collective agreement, depending on the employee's salary. And then the government would pay an emergency allowance to these employees that is equivalent to 100% of what they would get from unemployment insurance. And if this amount is lower than the effective income of the employee, the employer could may, in fact, complement this amount with an extra allowance, and this allowance is not considered for taxes and social security contributions. At the end of the day, what does it represent? It represents that the employer may have at least a 34% economy upon payroll, okay, with all these taxes that it would have to pay upon salaries. And uh, well, the second alternative that I've mentioned, which is the salary and working schedule reduction is also possible for companies that still need to keep their employees working. But because of their client's demand, they don't need the employees the full day or the entire working schedule working. In this case, companies may reduce salaries. And there are some percentages brought by law that go from 25%, 50%, and 70%. But it doesn't mean that the, the company cannot reduce in another percentage. And also in these cases, the government pays an allowance to the employees depending on the, the reduction percentage. So these were very good measures taken by the government to help employers to face this 
second situation where all the vacations that were being granted at first start to end and the restrictions from the government continue. Interesting. So let's talk a bit about the argument of force majeure. Is it possible to dismiss or suspend employees under force majeure? John, is this allowed in your country? Yes, technically it is possible. The law provides that in events of force majeure, there is a a possibility of suspending the employment contract. In that case, the law specifically says that you need to notify the labor inspector 48 hours after the event has occurred or within 48 hours of when the event has occurred in order to be able to apply the force majeure defense. But in this particular case, every aspect and every government decision that has been issued in regards to the coronavirus pandemic has brought us to believe that the force majeure argument would not be valid and they would not allow any type of suspension or termination of the employment contract as a result of this situation. Enrique, what do you think? Nowadays, of course, this is a case of force majeure, but the government has suspended the dismissals and the suspension for force majeure for a period of 60 days. And when this period finishes, the argument of force majeure will be weaker because you, you have already survived two months with this situation and it will not be so easy. But nevertheless, it could be a possibility. And Rodrigo, Paraguay? It is. As a regular rule, it is to suspend. It is a useful tool for suspension and as well as for dismissal. And it's been used for suspension currently in Paraguay. For dismissal under force majeure, it's a bit difficult so far because the force majeure must be permanent. So at this point, it is not possible to argue that the force majeure is valid ground for suspension. And Renato? Well, it is because the Brazilian government and the Brazilian authorities, when they implemented these actions, they recognized the force majeure. But we have to be cautious with this because you may terminate anyone at any time in Brazil, also during this coronavirus crisis, okay? And the main difference whenever we talk about force majeure is that if it leads to the end of the company's activities or the shutting down of a facility of the company, then the impact is that employers may pay half of severance to the terminated employees because of force majeure. But apart from that, as in Brazil, you may terminate anyone at any time without cause. There are no additional impacts. So can employees work during mandatory quarantine? John, let's go back to you and what the status of this in Venezuela is. Yes, here in Venezuela, employees can work during mandatory quarantine. The presidential decree that was issued in regards to this situation provides that there are certain sectors of the economy that continually need to provide their services. For example, electrical services, power, telecommunications, food, gas, health services, all those sectors, they need to continue to provide services. So they are required to continue to work. And employers can require their employees in those specific sectors to continue to work. Other sectors that are not within these specialized and essential services sector should not be required to work unless they can provide the work remotely. Otherwise, they should be sent home and continue to receive pay without providing work. Enrique Stile, Argentina, what's the process there? 
Yes, and this was specifically mentioned in, in these regulations that are being enacted every day. Employees who could work from home should work, and there is an, uh, a statement that they, they really should work, and they should agree with the employer to do that. The employer must provide with the working tools, the computer, maybe the Wi-Fi. In theory, they also should comply with an ergonomic chair and a lot of other things, an extinter, but that at the end of the day, no, nothing complied with that part, but yet with the cost of the computer, the Wi-Fi. In addition to that, the employer must report the situation to the work risk insurer because you, you must have the employees covered during this, this period and they're not at the workplace. Also, the employees have the, the obligation to be online constantly during what we call the working schedule. And then we have the situation of those employees who are for example, an employee of a factory who could not work remotely and whose activity is, is forbidden, for example, an automotive in, car industry, something like that. Those employees stay at home receiving full salary unless the employers agree with the union. On another hand, you have essential activities like electricity, internet, communications, food production, agriculture, which are considered pharmaceutical doctors, clinics are considered essential and are allowed to work and must work. And there have been many issues here, very interesting. For example, there are workers from companies who produce snacks for kids, sweets for kids. And because they are in the food production industry, they should work, but the workers are saying, we don't want to work. This is not an essential work. The same of the workers who work in the beer production or in the wine stores, they say this is not an essential food, we don't want to work. And they go at home collecting full salary. There has been some issues there. And at the end of the day, the government and the union agree that those people should work. There is an obligation to work. And the employees are not the ones who decide whether or not to go on, on quarantine. Then there are some employees, for example, which are protected, even though they work in an essential activity, they should stay at home. For example, people older than 65, people with asthma, and also parents with kids, because school is forbidden until August. It's closed until August, so parents with kids should agree between one or the other one to stay at home uh, taking care of the kids. Rodrigo, is this still the same in Paraguay? Those employees that can perform their duties remotely, yes, they can work. And there is a, the emergency law has set forth that that is the default way of working. If the type of work allows a unit or to be performed remotely. And then the other types of employees that can work are those from business sectors that are excluded from quarantine, which are the typical essential services, food, pharmaceuticals, medicines, firemen, police, army, those they can and they must work unless they have those employees that are over 60 are exempted, those below 18, which would be those apprentices. And the Ministry of Health has issued many different guidelines. And those guidelines also include among these employees, those that are undergoing pregnancy, breastfeeding, with a chronic disease or respiratory disease that can serve as a base to complicate a, a, an eventual COVID infection. And so it is not clear if that is a, a recommendation or it's mandatory, 
but at least is a recommendation and many, many different companies are following that. And Renato? They may, they may. There is no prohibition for, for employees working during this quarantine. What we have seen here in Brazil is that some unions, they are going on strikes to prevent employees from working mainly whenever we talk about factories, but there were some rules enacted by the public prosecutors, officers here in Brazil, basically stating minimal measures to look for the employee's health while working. So keep the distance, provide them with masks and provisions like that. So yeah, they may continue working as soon as these preventive measures are observed. If they're not observed, the impact that it may have is that if the unions or the prosecutor's office file a lawsuit against the company stating it to shut down, the judge may analyze whenever the companies took these actions to reach a final decision on whether the company must shut down its activities or not to protect the employee's health. Let's talk about some restrictions on terminating employment contracts. John? What's the status on terminations in Venezuela? Here in Venezuela, yes, there's been a restriction for the termination of employment contracts for many years now, if I'm not mistaken, from 2003 on. And right now, as a result of this pandemic, we enforced that restriction on termination of employment contracts. So basically, according to these restrictions, you can only terminate a contract when or for cause listed in the labor law. For example, absence from work for more than three days in a 30-day calendar, disrespecting the employees or, or the boss, and other actions that are listed in, in the law. But in those cases, one of these events occur, you would need authorization from the labor government, from labor inspector to terminate the employment contract. Otherwise, you cannot terminate the employment contract. There's also another exception to this rule is that executive management employees are not included in, in this special protection. So there are no restrictions in respect to executive management employees. Executive management employees can be terminated at any time without notice and without government authorization. Enrique, how are these handled in Argentina? They are protected as well. Dismissals are totally suspended. Notwithstanding that, it is possible to agree on a termination with the employee. Probably you, you should pay a little bit more than the statutory severance, but we are also working in, in those kind of uh, agreements and also in what we call voluntary retirement plans. If anyone wants to retire or go and collect severance, there is a window and, and some employees who are about to retire or who want to do other things, probably they, they accept it. So there are ways, always is a matter of money. The more you offer, probably the, the more willingness you will obtain on the other side to accept and terminate. Rodrigo? No, it is not. It is not. If the employer is paying compensation, it's no limitation. Regular rules apply. So if you pay compensation, you can dismiss the, the employee with the typical restrictions, which are those for employees with breastfeeding uh, under pregnancy, with more than 10 years of seniority, those that are affected to work union. So leaving that aside, any employer can dismiss employees. There is maybe one additional or one additional complication during this period, which is 
the case of dismissing an employee who is under mandatory isolation or under sick leave for, for COVID infection or are the kind of employee that is a higher risk under COVID, those that I mentioned before, over 60, breastfeeding, a chronic disease. So dismissing those employees might create some, some risks for, for an eventual discrimination claim from the employee. Enrique from Uruguay, can this be done? Absolutely enforceable, no restrictions. For example, I know that Argentina suspended the possibility for the employers to terminate the labor agreement by the reason of the dismissal. Here, it's absolutely legal to dismiss someone due to the situation. Not, not to the situation, you cannot dismiss someone because he is ill, but you may dismiss someone because, well, the situation has brought to a point that the company has no work to provide the employee. So, well, you may dismiss him. You may send them to the employment insurance or you may dismiss him. Renato, what about Brazil? Any restrictions here? No, there aren't. There are no restrictions here. But what is important for employers and companies to know is that if they implement any of the alternatives that are being provided by the Brazilian government, such as shift in salary reduction or suspension of employment agreements, the provisional measures that were enacted allowing these actions, it says that you have to guarantee the employee's employment for the period that they have their agreement suspended or their working schedule and salaries reduced, and for the same period after their return to work. And also, whenever employers want to implement something that is different from what the law says, for what they need to execute a collective bargaining agreement with the union, mainly whenever it concerns a reduction in payment, it is most likely that the unions will ask for some protection for the employees that will have some kind of loss resulting from these changes. So these are the main restrictions for termination of employment contracts in Brazil. Apart from that, you may terminate anyone at any time with or without cause. What about basic guidelines to prevent the spread of COVID at the workplace? Has the government come up with guidelines that your firm is required to do to make the workplace safe? Enrique? Yes, the government has provided guidelines. Mainly those guidelines should contain for example, uh, all the necessary information that has to do with the prevention and measures to be adopted. The employers are obliged to provide the necessary hygiene equipment, such as distribution of sufficient quantities of alcohol and other protection equipment, gloves, masks. And then there should be taken extreme regulatory hygiene measures such as the maintenance and disinfection of equipment, like, for example, those that project airs or hand dryers, air conditioners. And then also have others that have to do with, the, for example, daily hygiene and disinfection of work clothes, personal protective equipment, surfaces to which employees are exposed. And also, well, adopt all those necessary measures that, help to mitigate the risk of spread of the disease in line, obviously, with the possibilities and nature of the activity. No? For example, the possibility to work at home, to remote work. So that would be an efficient way to uh, 
prevent the spread of the disease in the workplaces. And, and instead, if you stay at home, well, the risk will be diminished. So that's a clear example to where the, the government wants the, the companies to proceed. Renato, what guidelines are in place in Brazil? Well, we have seen several guidelines being issued, but I believe that the most important one is the one that was issued by the Labor Prosecutor's Office and by the health authorities here in Brazil. So basically, it says that it recommends, in fact, because they're not mandatory, but it recommends companies to reduce the number of people working in each working shift. It recommends companies to grant protection equipment to the employees like masks and alcohol gel. They recommend companies also to work on the logistics of the production line to keep the employees as far as possible from each other. So these are a few of them that have been implemented here to prevent the coronavirus contamination. Well, thanks everyone for your comments and insights on this important matter. For our listeners, if you'd like to connect with John, Rodrigo, Renato, or Enrique Stile, or Enrico Radmilovich, or any of our lawyers from around the world, just search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, click on the drop-down box, choose the jurisdiction, and email or call our lawyers directly. Also, when you're on the website, please sign up to receive upcoming webinar invitations, download our white papers, get on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employers Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.